0: Started from the bottom, that we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> Edward, thank you very much. I don't think we've had Drake open up the show.
0: Yeah, I thought I had to bring that uh, uh, you're, you're, young to you're young
1: enough. You're young enough for it. that, man. So thank you very much. I'm in your office today. Saturday morning, your brand new office, right? Brand new, empty. So, so I'm talking, it's empty, but it's full of <laughs> ideas, which That's is it. great. I'm talking to Edward Wynn from uh, Ridgewood Building Group. That's yes, your sir. construction company. Yes, sir. And then you guys could be found on Instagram at, at Ridgewood group. Yep. And then the email is info at RidgewoodGroup.ca. That's it. How young are you, man? 29. Holy shit, you're a baby, man. Uh, I want to get a good idea of what a 29-year-old guy is doing in construction and how long you've been in it, how you got started, all that whole spiel, right? But Mm -hmm. before we do that, I got a little construction kind of knowledge here. Can you tell me, Edward, what's a concrete cover?
0: A concrete cover?
1: What's the concrete cover in terms of construction? It's not what everyone might think it is.
0: I can, I'm thinking it's either something for winter heating.
1: Nope. The concrete cover is the term linked to reinforced concrete, and it is the least distance between the installed reinforcement and the outer surface of the concrete. That's what concrete cover and It has several vital purposes, including protecting the reinforced uh, steel bars from corrosion, providing thermal insulation, and providing sufficient embedding for the steel bars to function as reinforcement. So that little yeah. sweet spot of concrete between, which we all know if you ever drive on the Gardiner here in Toronto... <laughs> lots of concrete cover keeps on flaking right off because I guess it wasn't thick enough for that purpose right? Yes exactly so I just wanted to share that little piece of information <laughs> Thank you. For get that. that out of the way so we're doing show number 128 of the Construction Life right off the bat I want to thank all the listeners that are listening to us and it keeps growing and I love seeing that the downloads keep growing and it the community's out there right so <laughs> we're not going to answer any questions because I got a bunch of questions from the last show and we're going to get more questions please keep on sending me those questions I'm compiling. Filing them and then when we do another q a show we're going to answer all those questions because people are enjoying that and then also anybody who's interested in a sticker reach out to me dm me email me info at the construction or dm me on instagram at hardcore Reynolds. i'll send you a sticker i don't care where you are in the world i will mail you a sticker it doesn't matter where it is so edward let's get into ridgewood man
0: Got my start when I was about fourteen. In general uh, renovations, you know. Who's what,
1: who's in the family does construction? My dad. Okay. Yeah, and he's what?
0: He's uh he's old. He's like 66, <laughs> 77 now. No,
1: I didn't mean like he's <laughs> like how old. I mean like what is he doing construction wise?
0: He was uh, more like a maintenance guy. Okay. General renovations, you know that kind of fly by night contractor so i got in it with him wasn't really into school during that time so i was like might as well give that a shot and then as i went through the field i'm like we gotta change this a little bit you know the, the persona behind a lot of those in that fly by night industry it's uh wanted to make something different from it right what so. were you
1: noticing like what were you at uh, that age what are you picking up on
0: shortcuts you know just kind of get it done to get it done we say it's like a lot of asian mentality if that's a thing okay it's kind of like slap you it together. you said it i didn't I say, say it. it and i'm asian so <laughs> i could say it but we have a stigma out there right and it's uh you know you kind of just come in lowest bid slap it together move on right? it's
1: refreshing to hear an asian tell me this there man because i i hear it from everybody else exactly okay right? so it's good
0: so I've seen it. I was born here, so I'm like, we got to do something different to set us uh, uh, apart from everyone. Pretty much, I went through high school, and then I got my uh, first job or my co-op position out of high school, working for a custom builder out of Oakville.
1: Holy cow. So you're late teens at this point.
0: I was 16
1: wow. at the time. So at 16 years old, you're not doing what all the other friends are doing, where they're talking about apps and computer sci and business. And no, you're thinking construction? I was thinking... Uh, Did dad hit with you or like, what's going on here, man? I don't understand how uh, that works.
0: I was thinking construction. I was thinking business. I was thinking legacy at that time. Interesting. I've come from a, a very uh, big family. We have like 50 cousins here in Toronto alone. Holy cow. aunts and uncles over here. We come from a, a business but family background. So that was kind of my mentality going through high school.
1: Wow. And out of the family, the dad and yourself, the only ones in construction, or there's more?
0: So I've ended up getting a couple of my cousins in it. Nice. And I also have family in Vietnam who are developers over there. Kind of runs in it, and I got exposed to it young, and then I just kept going it.
1: 16 years old, you're getting out of high school, and you get a job for a custom builder.
0: Finished that year as a co-op student with them, and they hired me on full-time.
1: How was the co-op experience?
0: best thing i did in high school
1: a lot of hands-on very well it
0: was up to you i was always the one i was the annoying kid you know as it's like hey
1: asking questions yeah
0: can i do this can i do that why are you doing this why are you doing that i was the annoying one until i i wasn't the annoying one (laughs)
1: right yeah but just for the record though ask as many questions as possible man it will never annoy me and i don't think it'll ever annoy a gc who actually wants to pass it on 100 percent. yeah yeah
0: the ones that are good are always the ones willing to learn or, or teach. Sorry. Right? Perfect. Exactly. exactly.
1: So you get a job with him, with mm-hmm.
0: them. Yes, I got a job with them, and then I was with them for about two years. Then decided to go to college. I went to George Brown for uh, construction management.
1: Three or four year? Which one was it? I
0: did the I did three year initially, but opted out at two.
1: Okay, so you tell me, because I've had other George Brown students as well, and I've talked to them through social media. Yes. You get a lot of kids who come in at the first year, and you get a lot of kids who leave by halfway through the first year. Yes. And then by the second year, you've got sprinkles of kids. Yeah. And by the third year, very few. Very few. That's generally the the consensus there?
0: That's pretty much how our program went.
1: So why did you opt out after two?
0: I felt the program was a little general. Too basic? Too basic.
1: I've been told it's because of insurance sure you guys don't use pneumatics mm-hmm. at all
0: i guess so yeah
1: <laughs> that was my first when i actually was asked to guest speak at a george brown event that was my question i was just walking around the shops and figuring things out and i noticed how oh, come there's no pneumatics here mm-hmm. and some of the props were telling me that it's an insurance thing we can't take the risk of these students getting a hold of pneumatics to do any work or learn how to use it but yet in the real world I have yet to come across a job site that everyone's just swinging a hammer and nails. Exactly. Everyone's exactly. using pneumatics. So yeah. if you can't prepare these kids to get to the real world. Yeah. So you left because you felt that it wasn't advanced enough.
0: I left because honestly, everyone else was leaving. And I felt. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I they were leaving
1: where? Like to go start?
0: Yeah, pretty much just done with the program. So at the end of the two years, you can get your diploma and you carry on for a third year. You get an advanced diploma. Okay. Right. So I felt that was enough for me. I really just wanted to, to get into the program. So I'm a little bit different than everyone else in construction. Right. So I felt that the diploma was good enough. I guess time. the
1: question is, Edward, is like, did you get what you wanted to get out of it? Knowledge wise, no.
0: But network through that, yes.
1: You found your circle. I found my circle. Okay. There you go. But you, they definitely need to step up on the education part of it.
0: I, well, there's there's different programs, right? Okay. We took, I think, a more general one, okay. and it just covers a little bit of everything. Whereas I think if you go into something more specific, you might get a little bit more out of it.
1: I got to ask you, out of everybody that was feeling we're going to jump ship, everybody went into construction right away, or did other, there was a percentage of people that said, forget it, I'm done with construction, I'm going to go try something else?
0: We We actually talk about this quite a bit. And I think out of our whole program, maybe 10, 20% are still in construction.
1: And the other 80 has gone to different...
0: Probably, yeah. I know a couple of them. They went on to work at Shoppers Drug Mart.
1: Really? This is interesting. So, I mean, what is your... Like, why are you thinking that? Like, why are they... Was it because of the course, the the way it's outlined, the way it was just too basic? Or it kind of just geared them to, I'm not interested in construction? I think
0: it's... Um,
1: don't worry. We offend everybody. Yeah,
0: here. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know. Just try to, just try to think. Oh, well, by easier. the way, I
1: think next week we have George Brown on the show. No. Do you? No, no, no. no don't. <laughs> Eventually, they'll get on the show because we want to ask them direct questions. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to probably have Oyap o on the show as well, too, okay. so we want to talk about the apprenticeship. Yeah. I, it, the only way you change anything is by having For conversations sure. about it, right? So I want to know why that 80% didn't continue in yeah. construction.
0: So I don't think it's the actual program that let them down. It's more themselves not knowing what they wanted to do
1: okay so and they're they, still indecisive
0: yeah and then it's just like any university college program you kind of jump in it and you're like oh let's see what it, it does for me right construction stuff for everyone you know that yeah right? for sure and it's the thing for any industry you have to really love what you do and you have to see the growth and you have to and for me i try to see the 25 the 30 the 40 year plan of what i'm doing today Right. So if you don't have that, which t- some people might not, then it's just like, well, this is a crappy job. This is dirty. It's long hours. And people look at me. I'm at Timmy's. I'm all dirty. And they stand back from me pre-COVID.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are. They, they have that stigma attached. Exactly.
0: Right? The stigma is there. Right? So you're a
1: teenager and you're still thinking 30, 40 year, old pl- year plan?
0: I've always thought like that. Right. Really? For me, it's, uh, it's a long term game. It's not. The monetary value right now, when we started with this, I did many, many jobs, you know, not expecting anything, just learning, building network. That's paid off a decade later, and that's where I am today. Haven't
1: lost a passion for construction?
0: Not a single day. Yeah, you're
1: you're just over a decade, right? So like 12 years or so into construction.
0: Total, so from like 14, I did my first base with my dad. Okay. So a little bit over a decade, but I would say serious Decade. So I started my company when I was uh, 19. So a decade into the, the company. Alone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Ten so when did Ridgewood start? So
0: originally I started with Ridgewood Homes. We were just doing rentals, smaller rentals, additions then. And then I changed it to Ridgewood Building Group Incorporated like three years ago.
1: And for the reason just to protect yourself liability-wise yeah, exactly. yeah, and just start to smarten up kind of seems thing. seems a little bit more legit. And then how is that transition going from, I guess, to smaller rentals? Because now you're doing larger-scale rentals, if not new builds, right? Yes. So how does that, because a lot of young guys get nervous about carrying that expense, man. Because if it does go south...
0: I think in business in general, you'll always be uncomfortable, right? And if you're not, you're not growing. For me, the way I looked at it, it was like the timing all made sense. It was all right to lead us to where we are today. I couldn't be doing new builds at 29 if I didn't do the, the crappy rentals at 19. So just the timing and um, your drive to get to what you want just panned out. And, and it is what it is today, right? You got partners? Yeah, we have, uh, we have partners, real estate Mainly that we work with so relationships. Yeah. Okay. So they feed us a lot of the work we build it and then we also they sell it.
1: So are these guys that you met back in your late teen years or you've met them recently or.
0: So one of my partners we met in George Brown. Okay. So I was saying I got nothing knowledge wise but network. So I met him out of George Brown and we've been going strong for 10 years now. We've done a lot of flip properties. We've done a lot of rentals together, and then we're doing new builds now together as well.
1: I got to ask you about the flips because I've been approached by flips so many times, but the profit margin on a flip, despite the TV crap and trying to sell you that there's actually huge profits on it. But I know we started the conversation about cutting corners and things like that. That's how it's a balancing act. You have to cut corners to get profitability on a flip. Is that not true or is that true?
0: Absolutely not true. It's not true? Not true. So
1: you, there's plenty of profit on a flip without cutting corners? For sure. Really?
0: 100%. It's, um, so what our team does is we do the whole real estate, the build, the design, and we'll help you relist and sell. So we have a, a good amount of knowledge in finding the areas, or we try to get private sales to help you really make a profitable flip. For us, what I've seen is if you build a good product – a good product will sell. sell, yep. right? It's the same reason people drive, you know, nice cars and crappy cars, right? A good product sells. So for us, we've never tried to cut corners, even on flips, and we'll push it a little bit and you'll get that seller. Most of our projects recently have actually sold before we even put a for-sale sign on the lot.
1: Because the real estate side of the team is already planning the sale exactly and getting everything ready.
0: planning and then a lot of times we just have you know the neighbors in the area like hey what are you guys doing here are you going to sell and then we broker uh, a private deal and away we go right nice so it's worked out really well and I, I try to keep this uh, model alive with it within the company that you know we build something good we're passionate about like it will sell and that's how we build our brand and we go long term with it it's not right now, like I said, even when, when I was 18 to now, it's not about the, the dollar right now. It's, it's where we're going in decades to so come. So it's about
1: the brand, the, the image that you're creating.
0: Exactly. It's the okay. brand, the legacy that you're going to leave behind, right?
1: So technically speaking, you don't have direct clients on a day-to-day
0: we do when the houses are sold.
1: Yeah, when it eventually gets <laughs> it right, so the the homeowner sees the final package, yes. and then they purchase it. But what I guess I'm trying to get at is that you don't have a client that starts from the very starting process of the construction. Uh, no, we do. Oh, we you do. do. We so do you... a
0: couple of retail jobs like that as well. Okay, so you we deal getting... with the clients right from the beginning. Not as easy, but it pays the bills as well.
1: Yeah, because a lot of guys have talked about how you know renovations would be great if you got rid of clients. You know what I mean? and and, and it's just yeah because they are the X factor. They're the ones that's unknown regarding what's going to potentially happen or where it's potentially going to go. Exactly. So that's why I think a lot of guys get into the flipping side of things where they can focus more on the profitability, the construction, getting it done, getting it prepared, moving in and then selling it to a client and then moving on to the For next sure. project. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, you, okay.
0: I mean, but clients are always going to be there, right? Yeah. And they like have you can't to be. be flipping forever. And the way the market is right now, it's, 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 it's a lot tougher to flip. Right, It wasn't like it was even five years ago. Right?
1: Why is that? Because everybody's gotten into it now.
0: Everyone's gotten into it. The market value is up. You have to uh, have a really good property, a really good plan and execution to actually try to make decent coin on it.
1: I mean, that's what you guys do. So with the team that you guys have put together, yes. you figure out the exact areas that you need to go to exactly. and you figure out the exact properties that you need to take on exactly and then you figure out exactly what you need to do regarding construction yep. to get that profit margin Yeah, okay so we
0: all approach it together usually we'll we'll see a property uh, we have the real estate I come in our designer comes in and we all okay what can we do this is the breakdown this is what it'll cost this is how long turn the numbers and it's a pretty clear black and white number at the end of the day right let's put in an offer and move forward or
1: next and it works because normally, everyone's opposing to each other, right? Because everyone, the real estate agent is looking for their commission. The contractor is looking for their markup. The designers yes. looking for their fee. Yes. But you guys have eliminated that by pooling it together.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, a part of our culture within everyone that we work with. It's, it's the same mentality, right? It's not about the initial dollar. Sure, yeah. we still have to make it, but let's all work together. Let's, we all have the same vision, and we grow from there.
1: What about if you get I'm, I'm sure you come across projects where you didn't get the profitability out of it the prediction i guess
0: the prediction for sure yeah and there's there's always that right you know we go from uh, four hundred thousand dollar right now to 500 so there goes a big chunk of that margin right there right?
1: and then you still sell it for probably the same amount that you were thinking you're going to sell it and then you're not making the profit as a result of that exactly yeah. that's where my concern gets into where you start doing it a certain way or building it in a certain way that you have to keep that profit margin down, right? Or up or whatever yeah, way you want to look I, at.
0: I think at the end of the day, we've been fortunate enough to not lose yet. At the end of the day, whether we're making 50 or we're making 200, right? It's like, I think the most rewarding thing for me is handing over that key to that next uh, homeowner yep. and seeing them appreciate what we've built. And I always say it's a, it's a house. It's a construction site until we hand that over and become yeah, someone's home for, for sure. memories, right? 100%. So that's the most rewarding thing, and that's what we try to apply moving forward, right?
1: I want to just backtrack, Edward, <clears throat> just a tiny bit to school, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of what didn't school ever touch upon? On? Like I'm, I'm assuming, since I never went to school for construction, I went mm-hmm. to school for other things, yeah. I'm assuming that they never touch upon clients screwing you over. They never touch upon... Maybe they touch a little bit on health and safety, right? Yeah. But they they never touch upon on running a business and financing and everything like that, how to do draws, how to take care of that, how to pay your clients, when to pay, or yes, how to pay your exactly. trades. They don't touch upon any of that? No.
0: None of that. Not it. in my program. So
1: this is a construction management <clears throat> course?
0: It was a general construction management course, yeah.
1: So all the things that I just listed right now, that would be construction general management? It should be. It should be. So I mean, they should at least have. That's where I think there's a disconnect. Jim and I have talked about this before. I've yes. spoken about it with Carlito thousands of times. It's just like there's a disconnect there, man. I don't know if they say or they don't bring it up because I think of fear. If a student is in there in their late teens, early twenties, and they're getting started, and you start telling them, "Listen, you might get screwed over for six figures by a client," possibly. It's kind of like when you're a teenager and you're looking, you're getting your driver's license for the first time. I don't know if you, if it's still done today, but the instructor was telling me every single person in this classroom will get into a collision that's a fact right and i'm like are you seriously that's a fact and then sure enough you look at the stats and that's and true enough that it is a huge percentage of people will get into vehicle traffic accidents right collisions whatever yeah. why aren't the schools telling the kids the reality of construction
0: so i think the program is geared towards more of you working for a company rather than starting your own business i think that's where it is so they Feel like they might not have to
1: share that, right? but you like, know, construction half of it is construction, half of it is business. Yes, managing majority client it, It's majority paper. <laughs> I, I would agree with you totally. It's like most of it is paper, dealing with paper yeah. and organization. Sure. Swinging the hammer is a small percentage. That's the easiest part. Yeah, yeah. We all and but everybody focuses on that, yes. and they don't focus on the paper.
0: So maybe they, they've applied that in the school and they kept that a part of their, their uh, system there where it's just, you know, we teach them how to do on the ground versus focusing on the business side of it. So maybe in the future, they have to create a, a new program that caters a lot more towards the management side of it.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of like you, like you <laughs> you saw that there was a disconnect in construction at 16, 17 years old when you were paying attention to your dad and the and the, the, the stereotype or whatever it was, yes. right? There's a lot of kids that age that are noticing that disconnect. So can you imagine if the education process was actually educating the kids early on on the business side of construction and then give them the swinging ham, hammer side of the mm-hmm. business, yeah. how far along they would be and possibly how maybe even more people would stay in construction For because sure. they were looking forward to the, the swinging the hammer part. For sure.
0: I think if, it would be great if they taught more students how to become entrepreneurs rather than just the laborers. I think that'd give more hope in construction, right? Because at the end of the day, sure, you make a lot of money in construction. You could be a tile setter, a framer. You can make good six figures. But you would always be capped really at that unless you took it further
1: when you say take it further, and I agree with you on this, is that it's that group effort where you start looking at projects and you start working with different people that contribute to the overall goal, right? Instead of just being an individual, just caring about your own commission or your own fee. And then you result and you make your profitability and then you disappear. But it's hard, man. Edward, you know this, man. It's hard to find people that you can really, truly trust in construction. A lot of people are out for themselves. For sure right young old doesn't matter right and so it's hard to find those people you're lucky you found a good core of people
0: i think it comes back to it's just the dollar value right we've gone through a lot of guys it's just like well this is bullshit, right for the amount of work i'm doing i'm not getting paid enough
1: so they just dismiss it exactly but that's your line item that you've got a certain amount allocated to this line item and then they come in and agree to it, but then the scope of work changes or what's the story?
0: Well, no, I try to share a lot of our culture with all our trades, right? It's not just like, hey, we this is the one job we're doing and this is what my budget is. That's it after this. No, like I try to tell them like where we're going, right? Not this project, but the condo we're thinking about Got in it. 10, 15 years and the culture. Like I want to bring everyone. Like I've gone through a lot of struggle and I don't want to see other people struggling. And I've seen what life can be that's what i want to share right so if you love what you're doing come on board with us we all work together and we all go
1: do most of them embrace it or do they just say i'm in it for the dollar man no
0: absolutely if uh if i have guys that i know are just there for a dollar i'd rather not i'd rather someone less skillful but has the heart than someone who's really good, and it's just like, no, you're just, uh I'm just here to do the job. Because you'd
1: rather teach a sponge, exactly. Instead of try exactly. to change. Yeah. I don't know what would be the alternative to a sponge, a rock. I don't know. <laughs> a rock. But a rock is still porous, too, a tiny bit compared to sponges. But okay, so now you've established Ridgewood, right? Yes. Well, no. Not exactly. No. You still. How far away are you from establishing Ridgewood, according to your plan?
0: Establishing never.
1: Why? How do you say?
0: I think in business, you're always growing, Mm -hmm. right? You always have to adapt. So I don't think I'll ever be like, I made it. I've uh, enjoyed the process, the journey to where I've been, to where I am. And I enjoy where I can try to take it. But I don't think I'll ever sit back like, yeah, I made it.
1: It's done. And that's it. Never. Never really, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, if you're doing that, you're just chasing the money.
1: It's a good point, man. Right? It is. It is.
0: So for me, I know like money is a big thing. Money allows you to have oppor- opportunities, but money is not everything. For me, it's just like, let's go through this whole thing, acquire wealth, and then we can redistribute that wealth so we can grow and have larger impact.
1: Now, when you also say wealth, you talk about it on different levels of wealth, not just monetary wealth. You're talking about That's knowledge. That's at the bottom. Exactly, right? Yes. So you're talking about everything else that's attached to that, that makes yes. that wealth grow. Exactly. And I think anybody who's really hungry about construction understands that that wealth, wealth, like the actual money, yes, will eventually come 100%. if you do all this paid in the beginning hard 100%. work. Right?
0: I've gone through many, many years starting this off where we're losing. And I had my parents come to me like, what are you doing? Why don't you just go work for a company? You can make 20, 30 bucks an hour. You have a pension. You have benefits. Like, why are you here sitting in the basement and uh, still trying to do this, right?
1: What was your response?
0: My response was I wanted to try. I wanted to do it so I could show other in my family that what we have here, a lot of it we take for granted. I think it's easy. I think it's easy. I think a lot of our generation now, we just we just complain
1: you said it i didn't say it man exactly
0: right. it's a truth though i was there i was the complainer and then i started going back to uh, asia a lot
1: is it the same no
0: not even close
1: this this complaining thing i'm gonna say is a north american thing
0: i think so we're all in the entitled little brats
1: i don't know if it's even a european thing it's definitely not an asian thing
0: not even in europe So in Europe, people, yeah, they work. They might take like three, four hour lunches, but they're also very happy. Yes. Right. In Asia, there's I think there's a good work life balance where like you're grinding every day. But at the end of the day, you clock out and you're living your best life. Whereas in North America, it's just like grind, 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 grind. Oh, I can't afford rent. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. And then you get stuck. Right. You're stuck in a, a hole where you're just like you're working to live. And you're not enjoying the process in between yet you bitch and complain about my wi-fi it's not working right now and little things like that whereas i look in other countries it's like there's no reason there's no reason for you to be complaining right now right
1: it's a very good point man
0: yeah so i take a lot of it and i uh i try to do more i really try to do more for uh just to to show what's possible
1: so you guys are like you're always thinking spinning the wheels trying to figure out what's next like i really like edward i really like that you said you never really establish yourself mm-hmm. if, if you establish yourself i guess it's kind of like a shark in the water right if they stop swimming they die exactly so you got to keep on adapting evolving trying sure. new ideas and, and basically taking your business to new heights new, sure. new stages yeah. right so okay right
0: there's like there's many developers i've worked for and like they're they're up there i'm sure they're making a lot of money and they're very successful but they're not pushing the balance on you know new opportunities new building standards i had an aunt just buy a a new subdivision out in oakville and i went to go look at it like a month or two ago and for what she paid i was like man this is like overstock of material that they had from 1980s that they're still <laughs> putting in houses right and
1: like somebody had a warehouse full it, of this exactly
0: stuff. like there was still a pedestal sink going in there for a million dollar house was wow like a laundry room just with a plastic tub in the corner
1: a million dollar house that's it holy cow right, so and it's sad to see that it is because for a million dollars you expect yeah a bare minimum yeah exactly especially
0: from what we build and I come see this and I was like it hurts because people are saving working their asses off and then this is all they can get and then it's, it's, a, it's a bummer at the end of the day right it's like you work all this n- this many years and you try to buy this and then you're just like alright great So this is where I think that North American culture kind of gets lost and a lot of people start whining, complaining.
1: So should we be more like Asian and European or should we be just a little bit like Asian and European or?
0: Like you got to be yourself. Yeah. You got to be yourself. It doesn't matter, right? Like I'm here and. But you're
1: taking your culture sensibility and brought it here. Yes, exactly. Right. So. But it's in a conflict sometimes with people that have been born and raised and just given everything here for sure yeah i right. think
0: that's where the the biggest challenge is it's like if you've been handed everything your whole life and you don't know anything outside of how hard you're gonna work exactly
1: yeah. that's the thing about right it.
0: and then comes a point now where you can't afford it, a house that's where the the bitching and complaining comes in right you're like well my parents did this my parents left me this and now everyone else is messing it up for me
1: Well, you can bitch and complain about all kinds of stuff, but the thing is, the truth is, it's not going to change what's going on exactly for yourself, right? No chance. I'm talking to Edward here from Ridgewood Building Group, and you can find them on the web, ridgewoodbuildinggroup.ca. Yes, that's the website. That's the website. And then on Instagram, it's at ridgewood underscore group. Yes. And then email is info at ridgewoodgroup.ca. Yes. Man, Edward, this has been good so far, man. I want to, um, all the millennials that are there upset, don't get upset at me, get upset at Edward, okay? Don't be upset, I <laughs> know there's hope. <laughs> I want to ask you about every contractor I've spoken to is having a hard time finding good quality guys to work with for the amount that they're offering or the amount that they're asking for. And I know that I went through a gambit of guys to find one good quality guy. Yes, you find them the same thing? Uh,
0: we've had our good core group that we've kind of carried on with through mo- like many years working together, right? So like everyone kind of knows what we're looking for. And I always say like at the end of the day, the trades is what make your, your job easier, Yeah, easy, yeah right? 100%. I think that's what it is, right? I think I was fortunate enough to meet some people when I was a little bit younger and I carried it through. And now it's just like they give me what I want, but it's definitely a hard. Right, It's um, just a lot of trades that just, again, they're for the money in and out, slap it together. Um, I think it comes down to management and what you represent as a company, right? If you don't know more or you don't know what you want, then that's when these guys come in. They just slap things together and they're like, well, this is what it is.
1: I think there's a huge difference if, if you see a GC or a manager of a site, super or whatever, that is actually more hands on doesn't isn't afraid to be on the job site For sure. doesn't mind lifting up or moving a ladder or doing something or even picking up a broom 100% um you're going to get a lot more respect from 100% every trade that's yep. on there from the yep. low man to the to- tall man right it's just Absolutely. i think if you're that cafe gc and you just got, you're you're just what you just said you're going to build a team who doesn't care yeah yeah. They, they will they will hide whenever they can and they will hide whatever they can for sure when they're doing the job. And yeah. that's not we that's not doesn't sit with you with you guys, right? Mm-hmm. You guys don't want to do that. No,
0: exactly right. Like for me, I've always been very hands on, right? I wouldn't ask any of my guys to do something that I wouldn't. I think that goes a long way. You have to earn the respect of the trades. Remember, at the end of the day, you're working for them. They're not working for you. They, they can simply like no. go to someone else.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: if You're an asshole. You're that type of GC where just like barking orders and like think you could just throw money at them and you know you're working for me do what I say right without actually gaining their uh, respect yeah. I think that's where the big disconnection happens right so for us that's what we try to we try to share with all the trades it's like we're here with you we're trying to make your lives easier we know what we want let's all work together to create what we want
1: I want to ask you, like, what do you think a guy right out of school, guy or girl right out of school looking for that entry level job, what's the amount that that person should be compensated? So they're green as hell, but they're hungry. What are you thinking that they should be compensated? Because I've I've heard from several people tell me one number and I've heard from that generation of people give me some ridiculous number, Mm -hmm. right, which is really close to what I'm potentially making. And yes. it just doesn't jive, right? So it doesn't make any sense. If exactly. you're if you're thinking you're worth what I'm potentially making, yeah. and I have a lot more knowledge than you, then I really can't hire you. Either yes. we're we're not going to work together because yeah. you need to change your mindset. Yep. So I'm just curious on what do you think that entry level person should come in at? What should you offer them as a GC?
0: Dollar wise, yeah, I would say forty to fifty grand a year. I think that's very fair, especially with no experience. But you give them the opportunity, right? You give them the opportunity to grow. You give them the opportunity to grow their their salary, right? Yep. If you you want to start at 40, sure, let's do that. And you know, one year we're, we'll we'll uh, revisit it and like let's see what more you can do for the company that earns your spot here, right? Like if you want to make 40 and you just want to s- sweep all year and not like do anything else, then yeah, 40 is what it is, right? But you know, if you want to start at 40, you want to sweep and then you want to start take doing takeoffs for me and you want to you start dealing with trades and clients. Then at the end of the year, you're really like, we're able to grow. We should all grow together.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that number because yeah. that number takes you down to, what is it? Maybe 16, 17 bucks an hour around there-ish, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of covers you up, right? And I think for an entry-level person, that gives you the mindset where that person can either step up or step out. For right, sure. they can decide. Yeah, sure. I don't mind doing this. Yeah. I don't mind, and then I could see. I could see the potential of growth yeah. here. Right. I
0: think that's a good test, right? Like you, you start them at that, and you see if they're in it just for the money. Whereas, well, some yeah, some companies that's all you need. But in others, where you're trying to grow altogether, then that really gives you a good perspective of that person, right?
1: I've had guys your age approach me, mm-hmm. asking for it would work out to be about a. I'd say 110, 120 a year. Yeah. And they were nowhere near the skill level of myself. Yeah. And I just said, I can't. At that point, I'm basically just a pretty face now running a business because I'm not making money. You're making all the money at that point. And you can't deliver the quality that I need for that price point, so then I can't pay you. But they... And And they'll do this, and I and you could probably attest to this th- that group of people will calculate what their phone expenses is, what their car insurance is, what their rent is they'll calculate everything their travel time, their gas, their Uber, all this other stuff, yep. right and then they'll go, "This is what I need to survive, and mm-hmm. it's never forty. It's always greater than forty, mostly it's twice forty yeah and that's the sad scary thing because to see a 25 or 30 year old say that this is what I'm worth." Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong. You should be saying, I'm going to show you what I'm worth.
0: I'd rather you come in and if you hope to make 100 or you hope to make what I make, then show me. Prove it, right? Like, I think I said this the other day. I leave the position as even CEO open. But if you want to be the CEO, be the CEO.
1: That's a good angle. Yeah, I like that. Well, that's the thing about it is that I, I see a lot of these guys that they look at that money, just the money. And they don't realize the knowledge and the wealth and everything else. Like you said earlier. Money's at the bottom, man. Everything else is on top of that. So why shortchange yourself and not realize that there's potential working for you guys or working for a person like me or somebody else that's working on a good brand that you can grow with them Mm -hmm. and eventually possibly take over or take over a section of it and run it. And then you'd be making those six figures. I think out of all the career choices out there, when you go to like kids are choosing, it's fast to get to six figures in construction. Not the same way if you're in another career. You know, whatever, law or medical or any kind of, you know, even CA, whatever. It takes years and years, if not a decade, to get to six figures. And then you still have to pay off your six-figure student loan. Exactly. Right? The student loans of construction are far less, and you could pay that off. If you have any. Exactly. (laughs) You pay it off, because while you're working, while you're studying, you're working, so you're already paying off your student loans there. But everybody else comes out with wanting to be a doctor in IT or anybody else, and they got six-figure student loans. And then it takes them six, seven years to get the six figures. Yeah construction you'll get to six figures a lot sooner than that if you're hungry if you're passionate for sure yeah
0: well it goes for any industry right if you're passionate you're hungry enough the sky's the limit i think it comes down to patience at the end of the day right our generation or my generation the younger generation like we lack it we really really lack
1: yeah but they said that about my generation generation x right the baby boomers would have said that about us right same thing
0: yeah i guess i think nowadays though with social media the it's worse vast amount of technology we have it's just like you're scrolling through your instagram feed and everything you see is like ferrari nice houses the hot wife you know and that messes with people right because people on instagram they're not showing you the the battle they went through if they even did if they
1: did yeah, yeah. they're just
0: showing you the finish line
1: it'd be nice it'd be refreshing to see a pinto and an ugly chick you yes. know what i mean and that'd be my page right exactly but for those of you guys who know what a pinto is you can look it up right okay where do you, you guys are going to start doing high-rise you guys are going to start doing other things where do you, you're doing commercial not no, so much, commercial. Not so much no. commercial i don't like commercial personally but yeah i like learning from commercial but i don't like building commercial yes.
0: i like commercial design
1: Okay, yeah, because that's where they get to experiment. Exactly. And I do like that. Yes. Right. So
0: we've taken some commercial design and we try to put it into our residential. Something out of the orange, you know, like we do a lot of uh, recessed mud and lighting now. No, uh, you don't go in a house and there's 150 pot lights. Just
1: electricians love that. They love it. They love seeing all the trim kits up there. I don't. I'm always like, listen, I want to see what the light does. I don't want to see what the light looks like. There's a lot
0: of. about lighting it's um lighting serves purpose but it has to be the a specific reason right yep. it's not just to light up a room but it's it's to set mood it's that ambiance it's there's a lot more to lighting which yeah. i've only started re- uh learning recently it's you can
1: learn simple. a lot from lighting no i totally For agree sure. with you
0: yeah so we we're trying to apply it a little bit more commercial not you know the standard three four inch baseboards and you know all that jazz
1: the simple straightforward stuff i know i had a meeting recently with a potential client that's pushing it to next year Mm -hmm. thinking that okay hopefully expenses are going to be a lot less next year i said you know what i don't think it will be i think we're we've accepted that this is what construction is going to cost now so i think next year is just going to be More of acceptance, that's all it is. But they were telling me that they just want to keep the standard colonial trim, colonial three-inch base. I just lost complete interest in in talking to anybody about this, right? I get it. I understand it. But I don't have to like it. I think you should be, if you're looking to remodel and try something new and build and make a house more functional, you should be looking at every detail. For sure. Right? I think that's important. Yeah.
0: I think it comes down to uh, your company, your brand. Right. If you can show I always say you need to show people what they should buy or how they should live. Right. Because most people, they only know what they know unless they've been exposed to something else. Right. Something new. So I think for us, we try to show that a lot. We try to tell you, oh, no, you need this. You need the mud and lighting here. You need um, concealed pantry doors and you need, you know.
1: I know, but how do you sell them on that? Because even just a standard trim, even if you start using those smallest trim with a gimbal on it and then you upgrade it to a mud in one yeah. and you show them the line item on that, then you go, listen, oh, by the way, there's 227 of these we have to do. Yeah. Then they start freaking out, no, at that cost. F- for sure. Because that's that yeah. starts starts to uh, like yeah. it's huge. at the end of the day,
0: everyone has a budget, right? Yes, but I mean, I think you can try to incorporate a little bit of your brand. At the end of the day, you have to listen to the client. Clients yeah. always right, right? Yeah. They want a three inch baseboard, they get a three inch. But you could try to educate them, and not really sell, but yeah, like educate them and get them to go with a certain product because of X, Y, and Z. That's
1: I think that I totally agree with you that it's like a thousand percent. You have to just. Give them the options and, and gear them towards the right education of those yep. options. Don't show them like a bombardment of 12 different choices here. Yep. Narrow it down based on who you think they are as Absolutely. people and then offer that to that. Yep. To your point about clients always right, I totally disagree with on that because mm-hmm. they don't know exactly what's out there. They only know what they've read, seen, or heard from their circle. Yep. And most clients I know don't have construction people in their circle yes so they have a standoffish guardish kind of mentality to contractors
0: i think that goes for like yeah like the stuff behind the walls. sure they yeah. don't always have to be right when it comes to like you know this uh green wall and this red red wall like this is what i want it might not work but if that's what they no, want it's totally that's what it's they yours exactly, yeah right. i've
1: always said that whatever you could choose whatever colors it doesn't matter it's yeah. not it you can ask my opinion of it I might give you a real answer, or I might give you a bold answer, right? But yep. the thing is, because I don't like everybody's color, and I joked about Chantilly Lace the other day, because, <laughs> I mean, every painter I know probably has a palette of Chantilly Lace for somewhere, sure. right? It's OC65. just, that's the go-to <laughs> color for everybody these that's days, it. right? Which is, not to me, it's annoying, but... yeah, So, Edward, in the 12 years or so, ups or downs, man? What's, like, one or two dramatic downs and one or two dramatic ups that you've had? You Like like really good life lessons, man.
0: The downs, the downs always have to come with the ups. Of course. Like the losses always comes in order to win. I could pick some apart. So I think when I was 18, uh, me and my dad were doing a rental job. He actually ended up losing a couple of his fingers on a table saw. Oh. And uh, during that time, he was also working for a company that was very safe you know they offered him everything good good bonuses good pay that's the year I actually started my company and it was a real eye-opener for me right? like my dad was the one that's always provided for a family and then this happens he can't work anymore he had a safe job is what they called it until it wasn't safe and then now what it's true right yeah. so that was the year yeah, I started and I was like hey, okay, it's go time. We got to do something, right?
1: To change that.
0: Exactly. Right? It's just it's nothing's guaranteed in life. So when going through certain things like this at a younger age, it's it's, it's either going to mold you to be stronger. You know, you're going to be the ones and complaining, right? Like life's not unfair or this, that. Yeah. So that's probably, that was probably the toughest thing. And then the next toughest thing is like just the business side of, business the office side
1: yeah the all the, paper, the, the paper
0: all the stuff that you wouldn't think when running a business right like sure if you're a good framer you can use a skill saw hammer whatever but then you go home at night and you have a mountain of paperwork and that's where i think my biggest struggle is going through this is like i was never taught that And you're left to figure it all out at the same time, figuring out all the stuff on site and dealing with clients. It becomes overwhelming, right? As you're growing and you really want to grow with it, like you just have to accept it. And I've seen time over time that, you know, you have the right people come on and it takes a little bit of that workload off.
1: The earlier guys that you were working with, how was their paperwork? Did you learn from them or were they that kind of stereotypical just stacks and stacks, and then all of a sudden you got your paycheck a month later? or
0: No, they were actually pretty good. They were like, good, huh? Yeah, the custom builder out of Oakville was uh, really good. I was just a laborer there for like three years. They allowed you to grow. So it was a smaller company. It was like three partners, a couple site supers, a couple of laborers. But so the
1: paperwork was good. It was
0: they had an inventing. Team. Okay, right? so yeah,
1: and you need that, and a lot of guys sure. who swing the hammer are there a mid team exactly. that's the problem exactly, and they need to learn really quickly that you need to hire somebody to yep. do this, either on a part- time basis, but something somebody else yep. needs to be on top of it so then for you sure. can get all this paperwork out yep. there. last thing you need to do is trades finishing their job and then they're asking for checks, and then it's yep. still being processed and all yep. sudden so. and you're not diverting it, you just yep. haven't done the paperwork exactly yet.
0: but it takes time right? I think it takes time like for me when I look back like Ten years ago, I couldn't hire you know someone just sit in an office and do no. my paperwork or even no. an accountant then yeah. right and that just takes the time so you have to accept it right you have to have to accept all the, the bullshit that comes along and just move with it right and what
1: are some of the highs man in the last little while
0: oh the highs every day yeah like re- just waking up and really loving what you do and seeing the growth I always say this like the dreams I had ten years ago. already happened or are happening and that's where the excitement comes in for me it's just like i dreamt about building houses 10 years ago while i was working for someone putting in the work 10 years later i'm building five houses this year nice right so that's that's the excitement that's those are the high moments every day when i get to pull up the site and like nice this is what we did this is what we prepared ourselves
1: for so what are you dreaming about like 10 years from now or (laughs) Like I get you haven't even started thinking about your exit, right? Like I I'm always curious about how guys want to leave their business or their career option, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 am I naive to think that everybody wants to leave as a legacy or is that just being very optimistic?
0: Yeah, I think that comes down to the individual itself, yeah. right? Yeah. Some could, you know, just want to make a living, own a business, make a living, give it to their kids or just that's it after that. For me it's I don't have, I don't really have an exit plan, but I want to take this as far as I can. And like I was saying before, through acquiring wealth, put that back into areas that I'm passionate about, right? So for me, a lot of it is um, like, I want to, I want to show people new, like new standards of living, right? Like I want, I want you to see what it's like to live, eat, play in one of our communities and have five-star service when you go to our restaurant and then after the restaurant you go to our club and you're treated like royalty the whole way through it's it's a nice feeling it's not for everyone but it is a really nice feeling it makes you appreciate life makes you appreciate all the hard work that you're putting in and it makes you enjoy a little bit right so again with that asian european mentality
1: so is that where you're getting the influences from exactly i mean i respect that because i do like i've been to asia i've been to europe i've been to south america like north americans just like uh, there's there's such a missed opportunity here yes like a lot of people are just not understanding certain things that they can do or or like they should do to benefit right and it's like as you get older i'm the same way too you just do it at that moment Mm -hmm. you could be exhausted you could be covered in sawdust you could just be in a foul mood it could just be like you're friday and you've got an hour drive to get home but just do it right and just Finish it, it properly at Just that very it. moment, and then you'd be happy about it. Then go to Tim Horns, and who cares? Everybody will stay away exactly. from you in the lineup. Who cares? Like, how man? many
0: days have we had, like, you know, really crappy days on site We're dirty, we're sweaty? Yeah. And then you go home, you shower, you have a cold beer, and it's done done it's done
1: and then you just put on new clothes tomorrow and then you get get dirty again exactly no it's a good mindset it's great i like those eyes those are really good okay we're talking to edward here at uh, ridgewood building group and you can find him on the website at RidgewoodBuildingGroup.ca, instagram at ridgewood underscore group and then email info at RidgewoodGroup.ca. you guys have plenty of work you guys are are you looking for employees you're looking for people always looking for
0: when the opportunity comes then you're the right candidate
1: what do I, i mean how do i ask this question without being racist i'm trying to figure it out do you have a cross section of a bunch of races on the job site or is it like
0: i think you have your racist humor
1: (laughs) (laughs) i just i grew up as a kid in high school i used to joke that my circle of friends was a un right Uh because i was the the white technically european yeah but i had jamaican i had trinidadian i had like uh vietnamese chinese japanese i had middle eastern i had a, all kinds of, of different races yeah. right and so it was just uh in construction though the majority of guys that i hire they are a majority of caucasian right that's for just sure. the thing about it i'd yeah. love to see more women i'd love to see more backgrounds and everything like that so i don't know how diverse is yours is it mostly caucasian mostly yeah, yeah. all just... our
0: trades i would say are mostly caucasian really yeah huh? and then it's just for us it's like on the Ridgewood side is mostly Asian cause we're all family.
1: Yeah. Because you guys are, you're building it this way. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah.
0: But I think that's, we can use that to our advantage, right? Like Canada's diverse, We have every color here. Yeah. Right. So we have different cultures. We have different livelihoods. It's like we can bring that all together and it shouldn't be any discrimination.
1: No, no, it's not about a discriminating thing. It's just, I'd like to listen. I have yet to hire a female. I would love to hire a female. A tradesperson, right? Female it, trades, yeah. Yeah, like I would totally love to. I know that there's certain percentages, like this. sad thing across Canada is like 0.03 of the workforce <laughs> really? is women. Wow. And I'm like, that's like next to nothing, right? But I would love to like hire more females in the industry to get on my projects. But it's just they're not really out there. That's the thing about yeah. it. Yeah. So I mean, and same with diversity. It's just I. It, I don't care. I don't look at your diversity. I look at what you bring to the table. Exactly. You know, I'll know within minutes of speaking to you and watching you on a site if you actually care or not care. For sure. And and the color of your skin doesn't have anything to do with that, yeah. right? So, but I just, I mean, it's nice, like you said, Canada is a melting pot that we have so many different diverse exactly. colors. Co- that's how we learn, man. We learn yeah. from all this stuff. Yeah.
0: We're so new. Canada's so new, right? Yeah, young. There's so many opportunities here. So that's why I say, like, what we're trying to do is create opportunities for everyone to really prosper in and experience life, for me, it's just like, you know, Canada's our, our playing field. When we think about development and everything like that, we want to take over all of Canada, right? <laughs> like, that's one of my goals.
1: It's funny that I've spoken to a number of real estate agents, and I'm just, I at first, when this whole pandemic bullshit started, I was thinking that real estate was going to get hit hard. I was thinking that the pandemic was going to level out the craziness with real estate that was going on in Canada, and it didn't. It had the opposite. And I Got think it was crazy. the same thing with construction. Everybody thought at first that it was going to hit construction really hard too. And it didn't. It had yeah. the opposite. Why, yeah. do you, why do you think that it, it actually didn't affect us?
0: I think with any recession or pandemic, there's always going to be the group that flourished during those times. Those are the ones that buy low, sell high. So there's always going to be those groups. And then in terms of renovations, if people can't afford to buy... They're gonna start renovating, and everyone's home now, so let's start renovating like yeah i'm I'm tired of looking at the same wall I've been,
1: but I mean like home. over a year ago, nobody was thinking that everybody was being more cautious, thinking that that wasn't gonna happen, like we weren't nobody was at home in March of twenty twenty thinking I'm going to renovate this. I'm going to yeah. renovate that. I yeah. d- they were all worrying about when is my next dollar coming? For sure. Because I'm at home now and I, I'm still trying to figure out what my employment's going to do. Are they going to keep on paying me? What's the government going to do? All that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But it was just funny that it flipped the other way around. And there's no sign of it really stopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully it continues getting really well, like good and, and we keep on building more work. Yeah. But real estate-wise, you think it's going to continue that way? Everyone's going to still buy and want to buy?
0: I think so Like right now What I see is like The condo market's really down You know People who are Saturation right Saturation for one And two It's just Like the whole Work at home thing right You have a little family Of even three And you're all cooped up In a condo Not happening
1: No that's craziness
0: Exactly So a lot of people Are moving out of the city They're going east They're going west They're going north Buying houses That drives the detached Market up It it does Right So I think that's where a lot of it is right now. Hopefully, it just keeps going this way.
1: So what are some of the things that you don't like about construction, Edward?
0: The time it takes to get a lot of things done. The permit process, horrible.
1: So, well, now it is because they're not there.
0: They're not there for one. But I think it's always been really slow in general. Yeah, but
1: if you think about it, they're not there. We've always been able to submit electronically. It's always been like that. I know, but they're not there so where are they not there i don't understand so if you submit something electronically why are you not receiving it i don't understand how you're not getting it
0: i think they're getting it yeah they're They're ignoring it yeah exactly they're just just using it way too much and then it's like you come down the pile and then as they're flipping through it it's like there's one deficiency on it they're like whoop you're back on the bottom of the pile i keep going and whoop.
1: exactly that's how it is what other things are taking too long in construction the actual construction itself
0: no, finishing actually.
1: Finishing always takes a while.
0: Always. It's like you're getting up the house. It's like boom, 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 action, big trucks, cranes, this and that, and then come finish. It's just like it's watching paint dry. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> gear it
1: down, man. Gear it down, because everyone's got to contribute, and it's got to be done in a specific way, sure. right? So you I have think there's to. a lot more
0: heads when it comes to finishing, right? You yeah. Got your millwork, your painter, your trim guy, your flooring, your tile, and like everyone's got to work together to to create this masterpiece, and that's where like the attention to detail so like everything's you got to slow it down it's not like the action of pouring a foundation
1: the dramatic element of a hole in the ground turns into concrete walls turns exactly. into framing turns into the shape of the house exactly. then you start getting in a roof and you go inside and then you start doing mechanical and then you put the drywall on yeah. and you're like cool we're almost done yeah yeah no we were not now right we have to finish at that point yeah exactly <laughs> right
0: we try to teach our clients and potential homeowners about just like building signs stuff that goes behind the walls more so than that beautiful piece of marble that we just slapped on the wall.
1: How are they, um are they embracing it? Because it's a tough line item to sell a client on something that they're not going to see, but they will always feel.
0: That comes back to your brand. If this is how you build and you can educate them, then they should listen. And if they don't, then you can either choose not to do the job or most times we always price it in right like if we're all our bathrooms are always Schlutered, and we price that into the line they can ask us oh hey why is your line item on this a little bit higher than this guy well well this is why this is why and you know your bathroom lasts forever like that's when the sales pitch comes in
1: but it's funny how Schluter is not building code no you put a rubber membrane you meet building code but what is Building code. Oh, I know. I, uh, but I, I guess where I'm trying to go at, even with pa- building more energy efficient, yeah, it's not building, building code. No. Right. So slapping on more rigid on the outside and creating a thicker wall assembly mm-hmm. and separating your mechanical and all your runs and chases and everything like that yeah. that's not building code. No. It's got nothing to do with that. It's education. But these are all expensive line items on the budget that I've I find I've always found it hard to like. I mean, I recently had a conversation where. Everything's been going well. We've been doing really well. Everything's been getting ready on all the rough and the framing, mechanical, everything like that. But now we get a price in for a millwork job Mm -hmm. and it's like price of a Toyota. You know what I mean? And he was like, well, I need to scale that down now. But that's what he was really looking forward to from the beginning of the job. But he's asked for all these other bells and whistles contributing to a more passive rating kind of finish. He wanted all these extra stuff that was going to make a better home. But now he's gone to the finishing side and a lot of that money's been spent on making the home better.
0: Sounds like an ideal client.
1: It's it trust me, it's great. (laughs) It's wonderful. But I I also feel bad for them because they really wanted the finishing. So now we're modifying the finishing a certain way to just lower that price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe get more of a used Toyota from two thousand or something like that, right? Instead of a brand new one fully loaded. That's the
0: easy stuff too.
1: You it know, is. You can. Come
0: five years down the road, rip it out, and your structure is great. So.
1: Th- that's part of the conversation that we had. We go, listen, at least we get it all done. It's yeah. all perfect, and then we can leave it for now. Yeah. Five years later, all of a sudden, you got the money to do it? Then do it at that exactly. point. You don't need to have every single detail for at this sure. point, but at least right now, your shell, your shell is perfect. Exactly. You have no reason to change the shell. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you want to change certain things and add more millwork, then do it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's the way we... We, uh, we approach it as well. It's like, you know, that beautiful tile will only be as beautiful as what's behind it, right? Yeah. Or to ensure that stays beautiful forever. Or your floor, you know. We're doing a lot of, like, unfinished chevron herringbone right now. But we got to make sure the substrate is bang on. Otherwise, right?
1: you're going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right?
0: So you make sure. Have you sure come
1: across a chevron floor that's not micro-beveled?
0: If you do um, finish, unf-
1: uh, They're um, all micro
0: yeah, we've actually found one that's very, very, very micro beveled. Finish? Pre-finish. Really, huh? A little pricey. I think it's like 12 or 13 bucks a square foot. Ouch.
1: What's width? Fourth? Four uh, inches? I
0: think they come five and six.
1: Five and six inch? Yeah. What's the, li- the length of the plank? Uh,
0: 36, I believe.
1: Really, eh? That yeah. big? Yeah. I should get five you inch, contact.
0: Five inch by 36. And then they make the matching color in plank as well. So we usually do like main floor new okay. chevron, a herringbone, and then on the second floor we'll go straight plank. Of course, so if we're yeah. going pre-finish, this is a great supplier to go to. They sell them the matching colors.
1: And then you also found them, like the unfinished stuff as well. No issues with that?
0: Mm, unfin- I, I always prefer going unfinished. Yeah,
1: same with me, but clients don't like shutting down a job site for a week. That's true. Possibly two, depending on what's so going on. There's so steps in
0: between. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right? It, you you right? install, and then you're going to fill, and you're going to sand, and then you're going to yeah. come back first coat, and then cover come back you come try back. to explain <laughs> to them
1: that there won't be any grooves here everything will be perfect yeah. and you'll have this perfect looking floor yeah. but all they keep on hearing is the site's going to be shut down in seven ten days yeah nobody's allowed inside
0: yeah exactly i think anything integrated is really interesting for us right now home uh, automation and stuff home automation.
1: such a easy way to rack up the budget man huge
0: but the way i look at it is it's the future the future of building
1: i agree with you and not to piss off the home automation guys out there because i probably will <laughs> they're expensive man for what they do they're expensive right now because it's still new it's not a norm pulling wire and get it into certain locations should not cost a shitload of money.
0: That should be the cheapest part. It's it is. Controls. It's still it's
1: relatively cheap. Yeah. Right. But then they start giving you this speech about how we need to run it a certain way. And we have to get mm. away from the electricians. And we have to mm. get away from the HVACs. And yeah. we have to make sure that we can't go directly through this space here. We have to go around this way. So it's going to add another 15,000 feet of wire. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, I'll believe some of this shit, but I'm not going to believe all of it. And then it starts to get really expensive when they start trying to sell you certain speakers, invisible, mud in or whatever, all that kind of stuff. That's when it starts to get ludicrous, right? exactly.
0: All that stuff is just, it's new to the market. So you're going to pay a premium for it, right? It's not a norm. It's a luxury right now. What we're trying to do is actually integrate a lot of it into our builds and make it a new norm.
1: How? Like, how are you going to do that? Because like... To do a decent integrated home automated system, Mm -hmm. it's six figures. So how do you six figure into a build? That's 10% of a budget.
0: Yes. It has to be very specific, right? And it has to be the right market. But like I've always said, if you build it, they'll buy it.
1: I agree with you. Once they see it and they experience it. The very first time I ever experienced an integrated system had to have been about eight years ago. And it blew me away. And I have yet to see these systems still like be done today because mm-hmm. they're too expensive right yeah. i saw a system in a 2800 condo it was a showroom so the actual nice. manufacturer of this system bought this condo downtown Beautiful. in wellington wellington yeah. and portland area they bought the two units on the top floor and then they outfitted the whole unit Beautiful. and it was gorgeous like you literally walked in and the way they they scheduled meetings is that you walk in as a designer as a homeowner as a contractor and they basically say treat this as if it's your space mm-hmm. and what would you do if you wanted to open up those windows right and mm-hmm. then they have an ipad there and it's got a photograph of the room yes. and you just touch the screens or you touch the drapes exactly. and they open yeah and then okay so what if you want to listen to some music and so you just touch that speaker there talk to them that's it and it was just like this is insane then yeah. they, they walked me through the whole thing <laughs> they showed me that Uh, here's what your power consumption is on every single appliance and you're right down to your PVR or whatever system you're using Mm -hmm. for your entertainment. And then you start paying attention that that's consuming more power than a washer while it's running on full speed. Right. And how hot it is. They show you the heat output and everything like that. Then, then you ask them, okay, so what's the tag on this? And so they tell me it's 250 K and I'm like, you guys are out to lunch, man. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're out to lunch. But I, I agree with you that clients will pay. We'll have that conversation. I'll share that information. Yeah. They'll freak out about the number. Then they'll start compromising. They'll say, well, listen, why don't we just at least run all the wires and get them all in place? Which is great, too. Which is perfect to do right? it. And then all of a sudden, by the time you get to the finishing stage, they're already inquiring about certain speakers to use. So then they're like, you know, we might as well hook up these ones. Exactly. Might as well hook up these ones. Yeah. But then they start coming to the other line items at that point when it's in the back of their head. They want to save money on this so they can put it to this. Yeah, yeah. It's not really fair, though, because now you're asking your tile guy, or your trim guy, or somebody mm-hmm. else to back off their numbers so then they can get their home automation. Yeah, right? that's totally unfair. But that's what happens though, yeah. right? So it how is. do you guys handle it? I mean, I, I agree with you. Just put it in the budget so then when they see it, they yeah. experience it, it's part of the, the, yeah. the money.
0: The way I look at it is it goes for anything, anything luxury in life, right? Like there's a reason people drive this car and that car or wear this set of jeans or that. There's always a market for certain things. There is. And if you can't, we can work around it. And then the people that really want it are going to want it, right? It's the same way any product is sold in the market, right? It's just like the marketing, the brand behind it is so great that it's like, this is the only way I should be using my computer or using my cell phone. That's what we try to apply for our building. This is the only way you should be living.
1: It's a good mindset. I was going to ask you, Edward, what do you, um, I don't know if you heard the one show that we were doing, and, and Jim and I were talking about how there's more profit doing 10 different smaller rentals compared to doing one big rental or mm-hmm. one big build yeah. over the same amount of period of time. That you'll actually make 10 to 15, possibly 20 points on all the small rentals, yeah. and then you'll probably only make about eight to 10 points on the one build. Yeah. What's your mindset on that?
0: It comes down to you what you're trying to do. Right for me, what it is is like, well, I'd rather do the one build make less. But I know that one build leads to the 10, to the 20, to the condo versus the 10 rentals that may only lead me to the one build. It's your, your perspective on it, your mindset of, is it money or is it growth?
1: You don't think you can get to the condo from the 10 rentals. You, you kind of, there's an education stepping process here.
0: I think so. I think that doesn't map as much as building let's say custom and then you go into building a subdivision because that maps to building a condo yeah right whereas like that's how i've mapped it out like i started with rentals, and then i got into custom and then from custom we're looking at bigger projects right so i think it's
1: so you want to eventually build an entire condo like condo tower i want to build cities really huh yeah man that's like big big big
0: it's big well, sky's the limit, right? Yeah, but that's,
1: that's I don't know. Why? I want to know why. Every floor is the same. All the units are the same. Like, I remember speaking to some of the reps there when it came to the stone. He was like, yeah, I just did a deal for a condo and we're selling them yeah. thousand slabs of the same color throughout the whole thing. and yeah. every, every unit is pretty much the same. I don't know. Like, how would you?
0: For me, I, again, it's just I want to create a level of living that's just so unique and different than what we're used to so for me like if i could build a whole building and watch thousands of people have a piece of that like that's the reward for me whereas like i see that now with one build and then going into like a subdivision we build the same a little community people can feel a part of our culture it's not about the actual condo but it's about
1: what you're building yeah i get it okay yeah makes sense and then,
0: you know, when you drive by, it's, hey, yeah, I did that. That's my building. Yeah, exactly.
1: Man, you're the first for me to hear, like, yeah, you want to actually build an entire building. I never even thought about going that far. Because I just always never really liked high-rise. Yeah. Never. I did
0: high-rise for a few years, right oh. after college. Oh, really? My first job, I, I think, second month out of college.
1: How was that? Lots of conversations. Everybody's friendly. They all get along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being <laughs> facetious, man. Yeah. That's totally like nobody talks to each other. Like everybody's in their own yeah. world.
0: It's all peace right? Everybody, yeah. So that's how I actually got my start. So I was doing kitchens install,
1: in in, 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 in high high-rise. rise.
0: Yeah, I was doing kitchens install, and I got really close with the super, the finishing super at that time. And he's like, I was in school j- as well during that time, and then he was asking, so we got close, and he's just like, Why are you installing kitchens? <laughs> right? I'm like, At that time, it was it was great, 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 great money for. 18 year old kid that was a yeah, lot of money yeah. you right? get in
1: you get out man you just it's yeah. all piecework, work yeah. right?
0: at one point i think the most i was doing is like five kitchens a day
1: you five have, kitchens a
0: day i mean they're not big kitchens
1: still five straight, kitchens a day yeah. man
0: but like you have your hoist suite you set up your cut room and everything you measure all your fillers and then you have all these prop sticks And you go you go ham one straight day you put your head down holy cow you take home that that cash
1: Okay, I guess so. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I was doing that for a few years, and then he got me into uh, the management side, working for the builder. And it, it was honestly the, it was probably the coolest job I did at that time, like coming, I, mean, uh, I think it was 20, 21 at that time when I got the job. And then, uh, how did you get to, that job? He got me in it. Okay. Right, the, the site super at that time. He, he saw me doing the kitchens, and I, I had a little bit of management because I started my own business as well. And he's like uh, you shouldn't just be doing kitchens like come to the management side so i was running my business while i was working for the developer. developers yeah yeah and I, I learned i picked everything i was a site clerk and then i went on to be like assistant super and i was just what's this what's that same thing like what it was when i was 15 right what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing yeah so
1: that's interesting um i saw you rolled in with a ford uh-huh. always been a ford
0: yeah Always. Oh, first truck. It was a Why? Ford Dad's, Ranger. Dad's Ford? No, we had a we had a family friend that worked at um a Ford dealership. It was gone now, okay. South Mississauga there. Okay. Yeah. So sixteen, bought my first uh Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I could afford at the time. <laughs> it was like four hundred dollars a month, zero percent interest. That's a lot, I know. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. worked your way up to the I worked my way up and like that's why i go back to saying like i dreamt about o- owning an f-150 and this is probably like my fifth one
1: really yeah Oh, i lease them so every two years yeah you like, just get rid of them roll them out yeah exactly that's it. but always a ford, them, always them. gonna stay a ford
0: uh for now yeah for trucks yeah i really like the raptor the f-250 i think that's one of my next ones. one hundred
1: thousand dollar pickup truck yeah but I don't get it, man. I don't get it.
0: Same goes for a hundred thousand dollar car.
1: It's true. No, no. Sprinter vans are getting up to like eighty, a hundred thousand dollars now, right? So it's just exactly. like it's just insane. Yeah. I, I don't get these figures, yeah. man. This morning I was actually checking out a new bike and I looked at the price and I'm like, What? Then I realized that's in Euros and I'm like, <laughs> What? So I was just like, but that's such a nice looking bike, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like, and it's all if perspective. you want it, you uh, yeah, to work It's buy. all perspective, man. I, I got to ask you, Edward, tool-wise, I want to take a guess. I'm going to say primarily yellow.
0: Yellow, DeWalt? Yeah. Uh, I was. You were? Back in the days. What happened? Everything was DeWalt.
1: So then what happened? Where did it change? Milwaukee to? came into the game. You know what i mean <laughs> hearing, hearing more and more because i guess milwaukee is just like taking car batteries and attaching it to everything now exactly. right
0: Exactly. everything we own now is it's
1: battery. all red yeah really no Those no batteries hoses, are freaking no huge man
0: they are but yeah it's a trade-off right you want the compressor going and you got to run and get gas and then you have your hose when you're trying to work off the roof and now it's everything's just cordless and it's just as good just as good as... The
1: brad nailers are just as good, Brad like, battery We've been lines?
0: using uh, a lot of the framing, the Milwaukee framing nailers. Okay. Oh, those things are beast Really? Yeah.
1: Compared to Hitachi off the pig. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. Especially in this weather. They're,
1: they're the batteries. Good.
0: The batteries and the actual, like, you can put a three-inch spike into a double LVL. How
1: long LVL. is it taking to charge that battery?
0: They have, like, the... the s- what are the fast chargers superchargers or whatever yeah i think they're 20 30 minutes that's it yeah. for a
1: full charge 9 amp
0: we have the juice packs the really big boys so what's
1: that i don't even know what that is i
0: think they're like 12
1: they're 12 12?
0: or something they're really big
1: so how heavy are they heavier than the gun just about yeah probably <laughs> you get to my age you start inquiring about how heavy that tool is yeah. man because it's just like but it, then the
0: setup is so much quicker right like let's say you're doing and you're coming back for a little bit of back framing or something like that true you come in you
1: ch- don't ch- need to bring in a little compressor or whatever yeah. and, and you get the a holes, holes and you know, stuff run around the house my mindset side is like once you set up on a job site you got power you set it all up you go in there and you get Sometimes. it done right but yeah occasionally it's nice to have a battery yeah. and just do that but i just noticing that milwaukee's been pushing a lot of the bigger toys. And and the car battery size batteries, yeah. that belong to these tools, and yeah. I just don't get. I can't wrap my head around the size of these batteries. Right, they're massive. You get so. used to it. So what made? So it made you switch from Dewalt to Milwaukee just because of Milwaukee's battery, the integration, all the the way they were doing their tools.
0: No, I didn't really switch. I Who think, switched? I think the, as like the guys I was working with, they all they started switching. Yeah, they yeah. started switching, and then I kind of retired my tools.
1: Gotcha. What'd you do with the yellow?
0: I think they're just in the garage right now or something. <laughs> Dad's house. <laughs> I, I, I did a
1: little free-for-all giveaway, man. I just text everybody that it was all spread on the floor, oh, really? on the garage floor. I was going, whoever gets here first, man. And that's it. And it went fast. Yeah, for sure. Got rid of it. That's it. I don't want this. You guys can have it. Yeah. It's dying. Yeah. All right. That's just, I was curious, but I was right about the Duolto. Yeah. You were. started. We nice. didn't talk about where it was changed to. But if I was going to change, I would definitely have said either Milwaukee or Makita, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Now but, it's
0: changed to a pen and computer and.
1: It has to if you want to get to cameras. that condo tower. Exactly. It has exactly. to, right? Yeah. That's a good. It's a good dream, man. It's a dream. I like it a lot. Okay, Edward. I got uh, the twelve questions here for you, man. You're familiar with this one. You're on it. Run it. Before we run it, hang on. So, (laughs) Edward, uh, RidgewoodBuildingGroup.ca and at Ridgewood underscore group and then info at RidgewoodGroup.ca. That's who we've been chatting with, man. Learning a lot about all kinds of stuff. What is your favorite construction word? Delays. That's your favorite construction word? (laughs) Delays?
0: Delays. Happens all the time. You, just got, you got to embrace it. You got to love it. And you just got to get through it. <laughs> it's excitement because it's like you say it and you're like, all right, now we got to go. We got to get it done, right?
1: It's true. It's true, man. What is your least favorite construction word? Efficiency? <laughs>
0: any, any swear word.
1: Any swear word in any language?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, it kind of sets a tone, huh? Yeah. You like, know?
0: It's- like sometimes like you hear someone work and they're just... Cursing and you're just like all right everybody relax, go for a smoke and then come yeah. back, right?
1: What turns you on in construction? Oh, what turns me on? The process. The process. Eh? The, the whole process. The whole process. The whole. Really? Jury. Huh. A to Z. What turns you off in construction?
0: I guess kind of the delays as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> it goes both ways, right?
1: Uh, what's your favorite curse word or phrase? Can be any language. Any language. Can be any language. Probably puta. <laughs> how do you know italian <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i think that's uh spanish right puta, puta? well puta.
1: yeah it actually could be portuguese could be spanish it could be italian yeah, yeah so we have like a lot of those guys so usually it. i greet them like that Like, hey, <laughs> <puta."> <laughs> uh oh i think you've already answered this one what was your favorite car truck bike or whatever or no maybe not you haven't yeah could be any vehicle
0: yeah any vehicle like i really like the raptor
1: the raptor the uh there yeah it's a good looking truck. I just can't wrap wrap my head around the hundred k. Yeah, that's all. Least favorite car, truck, vehicle.
0: Any small car. I don't really like small cars. Smart cars, like, or s- like small cars, like Fiat you know, like, five hundred. Exactly those little Especially things. Especially when you pull up behind them, you're like, Whoop.
1: Uh, What construction sound or noise do you love? Nail gun. You like a nail gun. Nail huh?
0: gun, skill saws, generators. I like a lot of sounds.
1: You know, it's interesting. Like, Am I wrong to say that a battery-operated Brad nailer doesn't sound the same way as a pneumatic air nailer? It has a different sound.
0: It definitely does. You have that little hiss. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: With the air. And that's the sound that I actually do like it is nice about song. Brad's. Yeah. And occasionally, I do like that compressor kicking in. like it Because to me, that compressor kicking in sounds like work being done you know what i mean that's true you pull
0: up to the site and... yeah so it's
1: like the battery operated ones you don't get that same sound it's yeah. it's, it's kind of i don't know that's just a different thing yeah. what construction sound or noise do you hate anything grinding or chipping or oh, a chipper actually chipper, a chipper? many
0: years of me doing that just going the angle
1: chipper the to get rid of all the tile tiles on the surface. yeah yeah uh, right days you know you're just chipping away that's a harsh one what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Teacher. Mentor, a teacher. Something like that. You wouldn't want to be a teacher or a mentor? I, oh, I would. No, you, oh, okay. you would oh, uh Sorry, yeah, you you would. You would, yeah. So yeah, a teacher. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just not like school, but like life, life coach. Yeah, yeah. Something like that.
1: We need more of them. What profession would you not like to do?
0: An- anything that I wouldn't be happy with, you know, in life. And that comes down to you. You got to figure that out and... If you don't enjoy it, don't do it.
1: That's the bottom line. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Good work down <laughs> <out> there.
1: <laughs> uh, is there anything else, Edward, you want to chat about? Anything else you want to share?
0: No, it was... Uh... Great opportunity. I uh, waited a while to get on this. And yeah, no,
1: you, you reached out to me through our friend Omid, right? So yeah, Omid with an a name from the glass. Mirror One Glass, right? So And and I like him a lot. He's always doing my glass. Yeah. I guess he's done yours, right? So lots a of yours. now with him. Oh, a decade with him. Yeah. I haven't even known that long, yeah. man. So, yeah, and then you reached out. And then, uh, like I tell everybody, man, just reach out. You want to get on the show, reach out to me. Exactly. Eventually, I'll get to you. We'll chat for a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll schedule in and we'll make it happen. Yeah. But uh, please keep on just sending in uh, the questions. Please keep on sending in inquiries so then I can send you some stickers. And I'm, I'm, I'm deadly serious. I will mail it anywhere in the world. doesn't matter who it is. You ask for a sticker, I will send it to you. I'll mail it to you. You'll get it. And that's it. Done. So, Edward, RidgewoodBuildingGroup.ca. Yes. At Ridgewood underscore group. Yes. And info at RidgewoodGroup.ca. I like what you guys have done here, man. It makes a lot of sense. It does. And, and I think more and more people, more and more trades people, you need to find that circle, man. You need to find those sure. people that have that same synergy as you. Because yep. uh, they are out there, but the other jokers are out there too. Mm-hmm. But find those guys that are going to add more value to you and vice versa. You yes. got to work together and build something. And like, like Edward, you've been saying the whole show, man. You gotta keep on going towards something. You yeah. gotta figure out what it is. You gotta
0: go with the team. You gotta have purpose in life. You gotta you gotta know what you want and pursue it. Re engineer it and You realize that at
1: twenty nine you're not supposed to be speaking this way, right?
0: I get that a lot.
1: Even at thirty nine, you might not even be speaking this way. Yeah. Like
0: But it goes to show the the sooner you realize what you want in life and you pursue it, you're you're gonna be well ahead.
1: So hopefully so. a lot of younger guys will well, that's our core. It's really ironic, man. Like millennials are our core audience that listen to it Mm -hmm. the show but um they agree and disagree with the millennial shows that we've done Mm -hmm. the stigmas attached to the millennials that you brought up that we all know are out there yes but i guess they just like listening to other ones like yourself and other and i like having younger guys on the show to share what they've learned earlier yeah and experiencing what they're doing and what they're bringing it to the the industry right
0: or the future right or the future of this future of our countries, our lives. Yeah. So
1: construction is just as important as any other career out there. So Absolutely. you might as well take advantage of it. And then, like you said, if you're in it, do it the best you possibly can, so you can be happy about it, right? Absolutely. Otherwise, Otherwise just get out, go do something else. It's exactly. fine. Go to Shoppers Drug Mart. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like you know, they're <laughs> happy at the end of the day. That's all that. <laughs> that's all that matters, right? That's all it is, man. Edward, thanks very much again, man. Thank you so much, thanks. and so uh, it was great to finally meet you. after we talked so much, so yeah. thanks so much, man. All right, yeah. everyone, tune in next week. We'll have another show. Take care.